my boss started listening to our podcast and great but she was gonna catch up to where we are now so wow hi boss <laughs> please don't judge me for what i said about twilight <laughs> Welcome to another episode of Midlight Crisis, a real podcast hosted by three grown-up biologists revisiting books from our teens, and it's totally cool. I am one of your hosts, Sophie, and I have a randomly generated fantasy name for today, which I choked on earlier, and that was totally definitely edited out. I'm counting on it. (laughs) My name today... My name today is Fraudpo Worm Bandit. Oh, That's such a good name. Yeah. <laughs> it suits you somehow. It does. <laughs> I am certainly a worm bandit. Yeah. <laughs> I steal all the worms off of the sidewalk. And that then sucks. put them into the grass where nobody can step on them. <laughs> I've seen it happen. Yeah. But that's about it. <laughs> what about you guys? <laughs> My name's Sam, but in fantasy land, you can call me Marin Sister King. Oh. Whoa. Yeah, Sister that's not King. that exciting. Yeah. Sister King is an interesting one. Yeah. Yeah. What, what, what was the first part? Just Marin. Marin. Just like a real name. Yeah, just, just like, like a, a chill name. A regular name. Nothing exciting. Sister King. Like Sister Wives. Mm. I didn't want to go there, but you did. <laughs> so here we are. Sorry. Great. Happy to be here. Thanks, Sophie. <laughs> in our pop culture reference for the day, there's a contestant <laughs> on Love is Blind that grew up in oh, a man. polygamous family. So this is literally what I was going to say. I was going to yeah, be like, see? the reason I'm thinking about it is because Sam just told me about an episode of Love is Blind. <laughs> see? Anyway, I am Hannah, but for the purposes of today's podcast, you can call me by my randomly generated fantasy name, which is Alisand Wolf Day. That is Ooh. so cool! Alisand. It's cool, eh? Alisand. You sound like a Targaryen! Yeah. Oh. I want to be yeah. a Targaryen. <laughs> Aren't they They're all so incesty, Sam? I was gonna it's say. It's true! <laughs> but they have really blonde hair and dragons, and they're just really cool! You can bleach your hair. <laughs> I tried. It broke off. Oh. They all, all the actors are wearing wigs. You could get oh, a wig. Oh, I know. I know. I've debated it. <laughs> anyway, today we're going to talk about the last chapter Whoa. of Aragon. Whoa. <laughs> wow. Whoa. We did it. A second book. Wow. <laughs> wild. I'm surprised we got to this point. Who Honestly, same. <laughs> yeah. It sort of feels like we started this podcast yesterday and also 10 years ago. Uh, yep. Seriously, though. These books last so long. Uh, yeah. Hey, do you guys remember how when we first started this podcast, we were like, we're going to be nice about the books that we read. Uh-huh. Yeah. And then that lasted like two chapters into Twilight. And now we're just shit talkers. The problem is that Twilight yeah. was way too hard to be nice to. Yeah. I like had rose colored glasses on when we started i just remembered twilight being good you know and then it just wasn't and i couldn't hold back i couldn't have that be on me anymore (laughs) (laughs) it was it was a cathartic experience for you you had to let it go 
I really did. And now it's <laughs> like, I can look back on it and be like, you know what? I understand why 16 year old me loved this, but now 30 year old me is much wiser. We've mm-hmm. moved on. Yeah. <laughs> We've moved on to other trashy romance <laughs> novels. Yeah. Oh <laughs> Sophie's been reading the Ice Planet Barbarian series. But we'll talk about that at the end of the episode. <laughs> I was like, one of us is reading Ice Planet Barbarians, the other is reading trauma filled romances, which, um, yeah. Wait, wait till you hear what romance I'm reading. <laughs> <laughs> Great. But more on that later. Let's let's talk about the chapter we read, which Sam will now tell us about. So our final chapter is The Morning Sage, and that is morning as in grieving, not as in the sun is coming up. Mm-hmm. So the chapter starts with Aragon experiencing a frenzy of visions of the Shade's life and then from his own journeys over the course of the book. During this, a voice reaches out to Aragon, telling him to come to me, which we all know is a very good idea always to listen to the voices <laughs> in your head. Yeah. The man supposedly calling Aragon calls himself the Morning Sage or Ostodo Chetowa or Toaga Ikanoka, the cripple who is whole. Just yeah, a lot totally of names. Correct. Yeah, I don't know if any of those are right. We're just going with it. <laughs> so he tells Aragon to trust Arya and follow her to Elsmira and to trust the elves. And that's how he'll find him. So great. After that, Aragon wakes up to Angela beside him. <laughs> and then once he gives the okay, Angela opens the door and we get Sephira, Murtaugh, and Arya entering the room. We find out that Sephira breathed fire for the first time. I don't know if we found that out the last time, but it was confirmed either way. <laughs> we gotta talk about that. <laughs> yeah. I I can't remember if I've just forgotten because of my boat brain or if uh, it was just confirmed for us. But anyways, that was confirmed. Arya destroyed the star sapphire. And once the shade was destroyed, all the Urkels turned on each other and then started fighting each other. So they won. The Urkels didn't win. Sorry. The, the Varden won. It was, it was victory. <laughs> Anyways, and the book ends with Aragon vowing to find the cripple who is whole, which is just. Anyways, that's it. That's yeah. It. Just, just I. The end. Just so we can say it immediately. Yeah. <laughs> just some light ableism to end the book on. Yeah. 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 But anyway. Yeah. Yeah. That's the end of the book. Wow. That's the end of the book. The we end. made it. Pretty um you know, cliffhangery last chapter, which was wild because like the whole plot of the book only happened in the last two chapters uh-huh. <laughs> before this. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then to just be like, anyway, <laughs> that's done. That's over. Yeah. It's mean it's one way to write an ending. Would I yeah. say it's a good ending? Probably not, but it's one way <laughs> to do it. Yeah. I do like I have to give it credit in that it does set up like an entirely new it does. Part of the story. Yeah. Like you, you know where Aragon is going to go next and you do get the sense that the next book is going to be bigger than this one. Yeah. Like yes. Stakes and lore and everything like that. So like, that's good. Yeah. And I wasn't sure how he was going to pull that off, but you are right. He did do it. Albeit very late, but he did do it. Yeah. And I'm not going to sit here and be like, wow, having 
somebody like deus ex machina show up in a dream and be like here's the next part of the plot is like not exactly the most artful way to go about doing it but he did do it it's not like there is no precedent for weird dreams in this book and also it's not like this has been overused so far in this book specifically and also i am the inheritance cycle apologist on this podcast so i'm okay (laughs) with it (laughs) yeah you know, maybe just once in one of his other weird dreams, he could have been like, oh, weird, I heard this voice. Yeah. That you know? was my thought. It just came yeah. out of nowhere. Like, I feel like there should have been some lead up to it, unless, like, Durza had to be destroyed in order for him to, like, get that connection, then sure, fine, that makes sense. But I feel like that's not the case, but I don't know. How do we feel about, like, spoilers now that we're not reading any more Aragon? I looked up a bunch of spoilers, yeah. Yeah, okay, so so I don't remember a ton of details because I haven't read the rest of the series yet, obviously. But my remembrance is that this is an old elvish dragon rider who has, like, a chronic injury where he can't do much magic anymore. Okay. So perhaps the reason why Aragon hasn't heard from him yet is that, like, he hasn't had the strength or the ability to, like send himself through magic to Aragon until Aragon was in like desperate need to protect his consciousness from the shade. Right. Okay. However, for this book alone, I don't like that he just showed up out of nowhere. Like I really, like Sophie said, think it would have been better if Aragon had had the touch of an alien consciousness in another dream before. Yeah. Yeah. Like maybe, maybe, to work around that, it would have been cool to see in a dream, like, Aragon get pulled there, you know? Mm, yeah. Like, yeah. because because the end here where he's talking to this morning sage, the guy is like, you are strong, you are more powerful than you know, you are, like, he's basically mm-hmm. hyping Aragon up, you know, being like, wow, you're amazing. <laughs> Incredible. Yeah. <laughs> and Aragon is like, wow, you're right, I am amazing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Imagine being like that. Someone being like, no, you're cool. And being like, yeah, okay. I can never. (laughs) Instead of second guessing it forever. (laughs) And so it would have been interesting to see like maybe a dream where Aragon ends up in like this glade that he pictures. And he's like, whoa, what's going Mm on? And gets some sort of, you know, cryptic message and then wakes up. That would have been fun. Yeah. Or even if it was written in a way that it's similar to how he was like sleep scrying Arya. If it was like, oh, he's doing the same thing, like he's somehow scrying this person in his sleep. And like when he did that with Arya before, she looked up and saw that he was there. So it could have been the same kind of thing where like Aragon saw this guy who looked up and then said, I am the morning sage, the cripple who is whole, come to me, you will not be able to complete your training, whatever. Like that would have been a little more at least consistent with what's been established already in this book. I mean, it's, I didn't hate it. I mean, I, I, I liked that it was like in this moment where Aragon needed yeah help it was like ooh an exciting thing is happening yeah i'm fine with it i yeah, have no memory of this part of the book <laughs> like a lot of the book while i'm reading it because i did i read this book like several times <laughs> when i was really into it in roughly 2003 or 5 or whenever and uh-huh. a lot of the book i'll remember and be like oh yeah i think i kind of remember this part but this part i'm just like what is happening (laughs) yeah when did this guy show up i mean it's not memorable in this book for sure yeah like he shows up in the last chapter yeah 
as a voice. <laughs> yeah, as a voice. Well, Aragon sees him, but doesn't see his face. There's like a silver nebula over his face. And he's like, I am Astato Chitoa, the morning sage, and Togiri Ikunoka, the cripple who is whole. Doesn't say his fucking name, yeah. which would actually be helpful. Especially because he's like, go with Ariyota Elismera. She will know how to find me. Then Aragon could wake up and be like, hey. Some guy? <laughs> this guy, here's his name, told me to like come with you to Ellis Mara and she'd be like oh I know that guy because I'm also from Ellis Mara let's yeah. go there <laughs> let's go there <laughs> this guy he's like a dragon rider right you could yeah. be like I am a dragon rider I can teach you like I'm the last of our kind before you or whatever like come to me and I can help you yeah Instead of just being unnecessarily cryptic Everybody is obsessed with not telling Aragon that they're oh dragon riders. <laughs> but like, Aragon's too naive to know better, too. Like, how does he know that this isn't a trap? Right? Like, nothing that this person has said to him in his head has any indication that, like, he really means to help Aragon. Like, it's just, it could all just be a trap! He does say, like, you cannot tell anybody that yeah, I spoke exactly. to and I'm like this is yeah. a thing that groomers say to their yeah <laughs> <laughs> like that's not okay not my cool dude. <laughs> not super chill to tell children to do things for you and say but yeah. it's our little secret <laughs> what are you talking about Aragon is an adult man <laughs> sorry I forgot he's a 16, 16. year old adult <laughs> I mean we have talked about it in fantasy land he, he pretty much is an adult he basically is he's gonna die yeah. at 23 probably of old age so exactly <laughs> I cannot remember because I read too many fantasy books that have mind talking in them. Do Is there anything in this book about how you can't, like, is there like, oh, you can't lie when you're speaking mind to mind? You can't lie in the ancient language. Oh, okay. Yeah. He, so he's an elf. Did we think he's speaking the ancient language? I assume he must be speaking the yeah. ancient language. He is an elf. Yeah. Which I know because I remember, but also like you get he like like he's from Elismera, he yeah. knows Arya. His mind feels like Arya's mind, so like there are a lot of context clues. Yeah, I liked that that it's like elves have music yeah, in their music heads. Voices. Music yeah. voices. I love that. <laughs> yeah. That line um of describing this guy's voice I really liked actually. Describing his mind rather. It says it was deep amber gold chords that throbbed with magisterial melancholy. Yeah. Which is, like, very overwrought, as this book is. But it's, like, a really good description. Yeah. I don't know. I like it. It it gives you, like, a solid... Yeah. It, it does a good job of telling you what it feels like. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, like, he uses color and magisterial. I don't even know what category of word that is. But, like, uses Magic words that did? aren't technically... <laughs> well, yes. Sorry. <laughs> he uses words that aren't sound-related to describe the sound right which i find appealing <laughs> yep <laughs> good writing there good writing that one Heck line yeah. is pretty good i will actually say i found that this chapter was overall better written than the rest of the book but i don't know if that's just because i'm still in boat haze but i was like pleasantly <laughs> surprised i was like this is like actually kind of written okay i'm not mad <laughs> He probably wrote this, like, near the beginning, right? Yeah. He's like, oh, this is how it's going to end, and came back to it over and over and over and over. Yeah, probably. That's it it feels like that. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, that's, yeah. Gotta write the ending. Yeah, edit this part 400 times, edit the yeah. rest of it, maybe 10. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> that checks. Yeah. Uh-huh. I want to talk about the shade, because our working theory... <laughs> 
mm-hmm. is that the shade spirit, when the body gets killed, goes and rebuilds a fleshy exosuit. Uh-huh. <laughs> that's, our, that's our current working theory. Yeah. But in this case, it sort of seems like the shade's consciousness or like self is trying mm-hmm. to like get rid of Aragon from Aragon's body. It does. You know? Yeah. Oh, like to like inhabit Aragon's body? Yeah, or something because it seems like like Aragon he's d- describing it as like his self has to be pulled into a little barricaded sphere. <laughs> or whatever you know and that he has to protect it from the shade that is trying to like tear away all his memories and sense of self and so it's just like that's interesting you just want vampires to be parasites real bad don't you (laughs) it's a magic parasite it's like twilight vampires are parasites and now this is a parasite (laughs) and then durza bites him and (laughs) (laughs) injects the fungus that slowly turns him into a vampire Then his body becomes hard all over in a different no, way. No! That already happened. In a different way, though, Sophie. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I guess I didn't really have any discussion points. Just I just wanted, wanted to, to that say out. that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we do get Aragon being called Shade Slayer for the first time, which is oh, a yeah. name that follows him throughout the rest of the series. That's like his oh, okay. defining event for his like fantasy His name. hero name. His- his randomly generated fantasy name. <laughs> yeah. Shade Slayer. Are there any more shades that come up? Or is that like the only one that we ever see? It's the only one I remember. That doesn't really mean much. I mean, <laughs> it, it feels like something that would be done like just like a, a first book villain kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. And then like yeah. you never hear of them ever again. It's like easy mode Galvatorix. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, he's supposed to fight the Razak at some I point. I really thought the Razak were going to oh, come yeah. back at the end I of this book. I forgot about them. Yeah, where, what are they up to? Where did they go? I have, like, a pretty strong memory of Aragon fighting the Razak in Hellgrind, and I thought that was going to happen in this book, and then it didn't. So I don't know when that happens, but it Wait, definitely happens it? at some point. Didn't they, like, invade him in a cathedral or something? Yeah, but I'm pretty- Like, I, I have in my head that he is in the mountain- with them oh Oh. but is it possible that i dreamed that at one point and then decided (laughs) it was canon absolutely (laughs) probably maybe (laughs) okay anyway aragon like wakes up can we talk about the thing that all three of us just missed yeah (laughs) yeah okay so we did all miss it right we did i went back okay (laughs) because i was like he said that and i was like Wait, we didn't talk about that because I remember us being so confused because we were like, she hasn't breathed fire yet, right? Yeah. Yeah, I was reading this chapter and Aragon was like, you breathed fire. I saw you. And I was like, I didn't. Like, I sure didn't. I didn't either. When was it? I don't know how all three of us managed to miss that. To be fair, it's one line. Let me Oh, there it is. When the star sapphire breaks, Aragon sees in the center of the chamber, hurtling downward headfirst was Zephyra. Her jaws were open, and from between them erupted a great tongue of flame, bright yellow and tinged with blue. How did we miss that? <laughs> I, I don't know. One would assume with, like, three of us we would have noticed that, but no. One would have caught it. <laughs> Not a- I'm embarrassed <laughs> for us. So yeah. am I. That's uh, so wild. It's so embarrassing. Okay, wait. It's a good thing we don't have much of a listenership, because somebody would have dragged us by now. Dragged oh, us so 100%. hard. <laughs> oh my god. 
to idiots. We were all just having like a week when it was that recording session. Yeah. Like we're it's just not even in my notes. Wild. Okay. <laughs> <Me> neither. <laughs> I just did not register it at yeah. all. <laughs> Funny. But yeah, I would love to talk about breathing fire. <laughs> yeah, Safira can breathe fire, turns out. <laughs> yeah. Yay. Just cut this part out and put it in the previous episode. <laughs> 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 oh my god. Yeah, well, I, Hannah, I know you have some ideas about how dragons could breathe fire. Yes, but they're secrets. <laughs> okay, they're oh. secrets. Never mind. <laughs> I mean, Hannah's never had an idea ever. <laughs> I'll talk about some things I looked up. <laughs> okay. Sure. Instead. Because I will say the best thing about Game of Thrones is everybody's mm-hmm. on the internet talking about how biologically dragons could breathe fire. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. So great. And I actually learned a thing that I hate knowing now. (laughs) But Uh (laughs) the big one that people like to cite a lot when they talk about actually like non-magical based fire breathing is the bombardier beetle. Oh, yeah. Bombardier beetle is like, it's just this little beetle. And when it's threatened, it sprays boiling hot hydroquinone, which burns (laughs) when it touches you because it's boiling hot and also it's hydroquinone is that an acid what is that i don't really know uh so it's a solution of hydrogen peroxide and hydroquinones okay anyway it's complicated and i don't really understand it because chemistry (laughs) but i know that it's it's not boiling hot in the beetle's body but the beetle has like separate cavities for each of these reactants, I guess, chemicals. Yeah, right. <laughs> and yeah. when it when it sprays them both, they like combine in the air and create oh, okay. this like boiling hot chemical soup that then burns the predator. Yeah. So it'd be like an exothermic reaction, right? Yeah, but it's very exothermic. <laughs> and so that's like a big one people like to cite. It's not fire, but it is mm-hmm. just a mixture of chemicals that burns (laughs) so another thing i saw was that people talk about the origin of myths of dragons breathing fire because like the original myths don't really ever talk about fire i mean they also don't usually Mm -hmm. talk about flying (laughs) yeah usually it's just that dragons are venomous and they think that maybe fire breathing was mistranslated at some point Mm, that makes sense like venom or toxin can like burn yeah you know yeah. And so another animal people like to talk about are the spitting cobras. Ooh. Because there are very large cobras that can spit their venom <laughs> pretty far. And a thing I learned today is that there's a word for venom that gets spat. <laughs> <laughs> and that's a toxungin? Toxungin? Oh. Toxungin, I think. Toxungin. The biggest spitting cobra can be up to two meters long which is six and a half feet long so so big (laughs) yeah kind of makes sense that people would be like that's a dragon Uh (laughs) and it's breathing fire in my eyes (laughs) what kind of snake is that that's the ashes spitting cobra or just the giant spitting cobra Uh, see that's what we needed in 2020 you have to stay one ashes spitting cobra apart yeah Yeah. (laughs) exactly I don't think it can spit. I think it can spit further than that, but just Dang. like the normal length of the snake, <laughs> stay apart. Yeah. 
pretend you're an Ashes Spitting Cobra and don't touch anybody near you. (laughs) (laughs) Don't touch anybody near you at all. And then the third one and last one I want to talk about is a fulmer, which is a kind of bird. Oh, yeah. Not a try guy. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, Hannah. (laughs) Oh, swear to God. (laughs) I'm going to pronounce it fulmar. Fulmar, yeah. Fulmar is how you say the name. Uh I've decided. I don't think it is, but go on. It's an A, so it's probably Fulmar. Fulmar. And they, like, make this oil in their stomach. (laughs) And I'm looking at a picture of it, and it's horrible. It sounds awful. They make this oil that is, like, close to the composition of, like, diesel. (laughs) Ugh. And they just make it in their stomach and then vomit it at whatever is threatening them. They're just yarts on their enemies. Yeah. And so the idea here is that, um, like, this is not fire. It's not flammable. (laughs) But there are a bunch of different cases where, like, animals are making these chemicals and the mechanism to then spit the chemicals. (laughs) Yeah. And so all one would have to do is make a chemical that's flammable. Yeah. Yeah. And some way to light it, you know? I like the way they address that in How to Train Your Dragon, which is one of my favorite movies, <laughs> where the dragons exhale gas and then can, like, spark the gas. Yeah. And that's what bre- or that's where the fire comes from. Yeah. I yes. like that. I like that a lot. Yeah. yeah. I think that people coming up with ways that make sense and is not just magic to do stuff like this is great, but yeah. I'm specifically that kind of person <laughs> as this podcast shows yes <laughs> yes yeah it's too bad this didn't come up sooner so we could have really like dug down into it but you know maybe yeah we'll talk about it <laughs> yeah again we, we do have a whole fun episode coming up about that stay yeah. tuned that was really the three horrible animal adaptations <laughs> i wanted to talk about yeah <laughs> so spitting Boiling hot, basic liquids, spitting venom, and spitting oil puke. Okay, well, <laughs> one funny. my one qualifier is that bombardier beetles do shoot it out their butts. <laughs> That's <laughs> right. fun. Okay, so you can sp- you can spit up puke, spit venom, or fart acid. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, base. I looked it up. It's a base. <laughs> it's a base. <laughs> fart base. <laughs> Now that's a name generated that's name. That's a randomly generated name right there. Yeah. <laughs> randomly generated by the Bombardier Beetle. Yeah, they did it. Is it a Bombardier Beetle? Uh, that's no. a great question. Probably. I don't know. Did you have anything to say about fire breathing dragons? Either of you? Not really. Not, Not really. really. I always believed it was the like two liquid compartments meeting and mm. then causing a chemical reaction and then I never thought the much about how it actually got out though sure um, yeah but like you just provided three excellent um, excellent real life examples of how animals yes. could evolve this cap- uh, capability so uh I'm good <laughs> yeah great I'm on team gas but that's not something that happens in your real world analogs yeah. yeah, that's why I think I'm more inclined to like the two liquids kind of yeah. thing because I feel like it's very yeah. common for like, like a venom sac, but like yeah, basically two different venom sacs that just make a chemical reaction. 
But like the How to Train Your Dragon one is definitely like I don't think there's really anything wrong with it. I just feel like it may not be as plausible. Yes, I agree. Yeah. If dragons were real. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> My only other question is why was Sabira breathing fire down onto Aragon? You know, <laughs> I also wondered this. I was like, um, wait, why was it coming towards him? Because Arya said she was the one that like slows down the glass from actually like hurting Aragon. So why is she breathing fire? Like, did did she burn yeah. the shade? That's what I was wondering. They were like locked in combat. <laughs> I know. Yeah. That's why I was like, maybe she like burned the body, or maybe it was like an anger signal, or like a. I think we've talked about this before, how, like, some dragons, like, they have to, like, spark or they have have that moment where they breathe fire. Maybe this was her moment. Like, Aragorn was in mortal danger, so she was just like, ah, fire! <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's kind of what I was going with. Yeah. Because <laughs> a lot of what Sephira has done has been involuntary so far. Yeah. Yeah. So I would believe that it's like that, but also, like Sam was just talking about, uh, the Aurelian Cycle dragon yeah. books that Sam and I both really liked. It's yes. sort of like dragon puberty, but with an impetus of <laughs> mortal danger. Uh, yeah. <laughs> That's why I feel like that one st- is going to stick with me for like how dragons actually start breathing fire because it just makes sense, you know? Yeah. It was a so. really good scene in Fireborn and like slightly less good in this book because none of the three of us noticed. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think that says something about the two writing styles. I'm just saying. Uh, yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah, also it was, like, funny to me going back to read that section to just remember that, like, Arya had this, like, super badass entrance on Sephira, which, like, yeah. Aragon has yet to have. <laughs> yeah. Go, Arya. <laughs> Girl power. Like, she's not even your dragon. <laughs> nope. The other, like, sort of biology-y thing for Saphira in this chapter, just very minor, is that when Aragon wakes up and tells Angela to, like, let everybody into his room, she can't fit through the, d- the door, so she sticks her head in. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, it doesn't tell us a lot. I think we kind of figured that she was about 12 to 13-ish feet tall. Yeah. sort of where we landed, Eight so that would make shoulder sense. shoulder or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Yeah. I... Looked up the average sizes of doors. Oh, good. <laughs> just because that's who I am. Uh huh. <laughs> so, normal today doors are about six feet, eight inches tall. <laughs> okay, so she's probably taller than that. Yeah, and probably wider than 32 Much wider. inches. <laughs> yeah, yes. yeah. Probably. Much. I'm just saying. Yeah. But we now know her head is smaller than that. <laughs> it's true. That's a good metric, though. Yeah. And it, wait, it, did she stick her head and neck in? Because then that also gives us kind of a idea of the width of her circumference of her neck. Yeah. yeah, she like snakes her head in with her long neck. Long yeah. neck. Which does then beg the question of how big are Ajahad's doors? <laughs> yeah, how did she get in there? <laughs> From the last chapter. Wait, yeah. and aren't these dwarf jo- doors? Yeah, that's what I was also thinking. Oh, yeah. <laughs> these aren't human doors. So if human doors are six feet, eight inches, oh, dwarf doors are probably five foot, <laughs> eight inches. Yeah. yeah, so really this tells us nothing. Uh- <laughs> yeah. Anyway, but it's fine. Anyway. Yeah, Sophia can't fit through the door and she purrs when she sees Aragon, which is very cute. That is very cute. I mean, she, quote, hums deeply, but, like, 
basically purring. Basically purring. We can't talk about purring. No, we can't talk about purring. I just read. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I was just going to say because it would take too long. We can't also talk that. about purring. But purring is a really interesting biological activity. But also yeah. Murtag is here. Murtag is there. Murtag. We love Murtag. Arya is there. Or, uh, <laughs> Murtag the tells us there. the gang's all there. The two <laughs> people that Aragon is in love with. Yep. <laughs> Murtag says that when the Shades' spirits disappeared, the Urgles all like came out of a trance and started fighting against each other, which we sort of were speculating might happen. So point to us. Yeah. Yeah. Good job, us. Good job, us. Weird yeah. though, because like, yeah, why did they fight each other. <laughs> Because they're a warlike race or whatever. Sure. I don't know. They're savages. Sure. They must they're have savage. had like nope. different clans that mixed together and they were yeah. enemy clans or something like that. Yeah, maybe. But also there yeah. was like Culls and Urgles, right? And the Culls probably hated the Urgles just like the Urukai hated the Orcs and vice versa. So who knows? We don't have enough information to draw any conclusions at this when time. When we read the rest of the series... <laughs> Yeah, we'll Hannah let you know. the rest of the series. <laughs> I'll let you know. The <laughs> yeah. I will not. <laughs> One last thing before we talk about our thoughts overall. Aragon wakes up and realizes that like the injury he took to his back has healed oh, yeah. into, quote, a huge ropey scar stretching from his right shoulder to his opposite hip. And he's all sad that he's now deformed, which is like kind of problematic. Yeah. But the scar is actually problematic for Aragon going forward. Spoiler again, I guess. It like Frodo being stabbed with a Nazgul blade esque. Very Frodo being stabbed mm-hmm. with a Nazgul blade. And w- while I was reading this, I was like, I didn't clock that uh Aragon becomes like a chronically ill protagonist yeah. <laughs> after this book, but like that's kind of cool. <laughs> the fact that he's immediately like, I am deformed is like not my favorite. Yeah, not um, cool. <laughs> Especially because it, he does it right in front of his best friend Murtag, who has a matching scar down his back. Yeah. Like, yep. eep. not very considerate of you to your best friend, but yeah. whatever. Cool. Cool of you. <laughs> so cool of you. So cool of you. Yeah. Anyway, Aragon wallows in self pity for a while and then decides yeah. he's going to go to Elismira to find the Morning Sage. Yeah. Also, Angela's there. Also, Angela's Angela. there. Still wearing her armor, Solibum. even though it's been a day and a half. Solombun yeah. is Solibum. probably off eating Urgle corpses or something creepy. Yeah. <laughs> he and Safira probably ate a bunch of them while Aragon was sleeping. Yeah. <laughs> they went out and feasted. <laughs> a yuck. Yuck. Yeah. But that's Aragon. <laughs> that's Aragon. We did it. We did it. Yay. We this whole book. I still, I, I just, my thoughts on the end of the book are that i remember loving this book as a child and really i think that's all that matters yeah (laughs) yeah no like i didn't hate reading this book now i mean i obviously we picked up on a lot of little things (laughs) and maybe the plot was whatever sometimes but i thought it was the coolest thing ever when i was however old i was so thumbs up for me still <laughs> yep i still like it i'm still calling this a four star read like it definitely has its problems it's not the best written thing i've ever read yeah <laughs> but i have like so much nostalgia for it and just like i love the dragon riding genre of books 
yeah so much that like it can get away with a lot for me <laughs> that's fair yeah yeah i feel like big nostalgia points from hannah and i so sam yes. how is it without the nostalgia <laughs> Mm. uh it's not good (laughs) (laughs) no i can (laughs) i can i can say that i i think if i had read this and had that nostalgia like i think i would have enjoyed this as a kid but the fact is now is like i've read so much and like yeah i just i i can't and like the writing style in it it's written very much for children so mm-hmm. again, it's like if I had read it as a kid and then reread it now, I feel like it would be a completely different story. But like reading this for the first time at like 30 is <laughs> Okay, when you put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like it's it's not bad, but it's nothing groundbreaking. And yeah. like if we weren't doing this all together, I I wouldn't have ever picked it up. That being said, like if there's like media that comes out with it like i think we'll probably talk about it later there's like the disney plus show i probably will watch that now i never did watch the movie though either when i was don't don't i know it doesn't exist it doesn't (laughs) exist (laughs) there's no aragon movie there's no war in bossing say yeah so like in short if you like this book there's nothing wrong with that but if you're gonna read this book for the first time at 30 maybe don't (laughs) yeah I feel like it's important to say also that like Hannah and I still enjoy reading middle grade books. Yeah, and you do not. I I (laughs) cannot. There's also that. Like there was this whole thing was set up for you to not like this book. Unfortunately, (laughs) no. It's 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 like fine. I had a good time with you guys, and like it is what it is. It's just like. I am probably going to be harsher on the book than either of you because yeah. it's just like I'm looking at it through a completely different lens. Yeah. So it's yeah. it's hard for me not to look at it and be like, really? But again, like I think it's a great kids book. It's written so kids can enjoy fantasy. And it's a great way for people to get into the genre as they're mm-hmm. growing up. And so yeah. I like I don't see anything wrong with it. I don't think Helene did anything horrible in it like some other authors that we grew up with like some other authors we've read on this podcast (laughs) yeah so it's just like i don't really hold him to anything like against that like i still would say yeah like kids should read this i think it's a great way for them to get into reading Mm -hmm. but am i gonna read the rest of this no and honestly like i don't think i'm ever gonna read another pellini book i had his adult book (laughs) on my like to read list for a while because the cover was so cool but then i read this and it has so many bad reviews that i was like i'm i'm not i'm not even gonna bother (laughs) yeah fair yeah that's that's where i'm at that's fair yeah i'm glad you were willing to kind of give it a shot reading it for the first time at 30 because i think it's really interesting to have that perspective yeah yeah Because, like, there's no way Sophie and I could have come into this with anything even remotely approximating an unbiased lens, right? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So, like, I I was really curious to see how you would feel about it. And even though I don't agree with your opinions. (laughs) (laughs) That's fine. I think they're all very valid and very interesting. (laughs) But, yeah, Yeah. I... I definitely think, and I'm glad you agree, that this is a great 
gateway fantasy oh yeah for younger readers i know we said that like when we first started this book yeah but that's sort of what it was and like having read it again i agree i still think it's a good gateway book he doesn't do anything groundbreaking and like he doesn't do anything super original but it's like all of kind of the fun tropes that like or i guess not even fun but like the classic fantasy tropes yeah that you're going to you're going to see when you start reading like more high fantasy stuff and it's just in a package that's accessible for 12 year olds yeah it's 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 essentially just lord of the rings but written in a way that kids can actually appreciate because like no kid i don't know i tried to read lord of the rings when i was like oh my god (laughs) it's like 15 and it's not happening but this is like essentially all the same themes and a lot of this is obviously inspired by tolkien itself but at least gives kids a way to get there and then when they're older they can be like oh okay and go out to tolkien and then kind of see where it all started so yeah my uh a good friend in elementary and high school at one point very much offended me by complaining that Aragon was just Star Wars but fantasy. So this is my public apology to Felix who does not listen to this podcast that uh, he was absolutely <laughs> right. <laughs> and it totally is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but that doesn't yeah. mean it's bad. Yeah. No, it doesn't. This is not going to be a reference that either of you understand. Uh-huh. But I've said this before. Mercedes Lackey? No. Well, I've said that before a lot. Yes. Nope. (laughs) You won't guess it, unfortunately. But what I've said a lot before is that, (laughs) like you've been saying, like it's a gateway book. And I do think Aragon didn't do anything. Aragon. (laughs) Aragon the book didn't do anything groundbreaking. But I feel Mm -hmm. like it kind of did do a little bit of groundbreaking in the teen genre. Okay. Like I feel like. Yeah, maybe it wasn't the first, but it was definitely like a big breakout first yeah. of this kind of genre in teen. You know, I think like, so. Yeah, again, the that. teen the teen genre isn't that old. No, <laughs> no, you know, and so I do think it did do very important work, <laughs> groundbreaking mm-hmm. in that respect. Mm-hmm. And the yeah. reference I'm going to make is a lot of people talk about the video game Bioshock <laughs> and how. And how Bioshock, at the time, like, was this incredible thing because it did a whole bunch of stuff that hadn't been done before. But if you go and play Bioshock now, like, every video game ever has pulled everything from that game (laughs) and made it better. So if you go back and play that video game, you're like, this, everything has been, like, this is just everything else. (laughs) You know, there's nothing new about this game. And it's like, well, because you had to do it at the time you know yeah and in the moment where this game came out or in the moment where aragon came out it was like wow amazing but anytime after that you're not gonna get the same experience you know no that's a great point so i just want that to be noted and that i do obviously i can't tease apart how i felt at the time or what the book world looked like at 2003 because i don't remember anything other than Tomorrow Pierce. <laughs> but <laughs> i feel like aragon did that you know yeah a little bit i think so yeah. i mean my brother was never a reader and I, he was the one who had all three of the books i think there's four but he stopped at three um but he was the one that read these books it wasn't even me and yeah like he enjoyed them i remember like they were like his favorite books and then i don't know why i didn't read them Probably because there was no vampires. Because there were boy books. (laughs) Yeah. That's actually probably why I didn't. Honestly, because, like, I grew up 
in the very much like it was ingrained in me like you like girl things he likes boy things and so like I probably didn't read them because I thought they were like quote-unquote boy books which is so stupid Mm -hmm. but honestly it's probably why it's a boy main character. Why would we have anything? Yeah, <laughs> so I read Harry to. Potter. <laughs> like, yeah, like it's if we were looking for girl main characters, our options were not. Tomorrow appears. No. <laughs> but yeah, that's why, like, true. my reading took off though at the peak of Twilight Teen. because that's yeah. when the yeah. female protagonist became like everything. True. Right. Yeah. So it was like true. I didn't. I didn't really read a lot. Like I used to read like Goosebumps, Animorphs, like Harry Potter. Like, a few other things, but it really wasn't until Twilight that I was like, oh my god, I gotta read everything. So, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Now I'm trying to think of any middle grade slash early teen books that I read that didn't have a boy protagonist, and... (laughs) I don't think you can think of one. (laughs) Having a hard time. Yeah, certainly not off the top of my head. (laughs) Nope. I think I read a few that, like, weren't... Tomorrow Pierce, but I said that already. Yes. Uh I definitely had a few, anyway. Yeah. yeah, these books were incredibly popular. Oh, I yeah. I looked up the the stats. The series of like the four main books have sold over forty one million copies. Wow, like that's a huge series. That's <laughs> <Okay>. big. <laughs> that's <laughs> a lot. For reasons for next episode, uh-huh. we are re listening to episodes. I literally just re listened to our first Aragon episode. We talked about this extensively. Oh, did we? I'll get to my next point then, which is (laughs) I looked into like what is kind of happening now in the world of Aragon because like, oh my God, me too. What is it? Inheritance (laughs) was the last one. It came out in 2011. Yeah. Yeah. And since then there has been, oh, what's it called? The Fork, the Witch and the Worm, which is like a sort of sequel to the main inheritance cycle. Yeah. But it's one of those like here are three short stories that like have no real bearing on the plot things. I haven't read it yet. I'm just getting this from shirtgold.com. Uh, yep. Uh-huh. <laughs> but this website on like several different places says that Christopher Pellini has planned a book five that is going to be like a standalone sequel set in the same timeline, but with like different characters. And oh. he has like a bunch of ideas of like, how to tie up loose ends that he did not tie up in the actual (laughs) series. But it seems like there's at least one book that Pellini has said, like, yes, there's going to be a book five, which is interesting. Yeah, I came across this too, and I was like, pardon? What? How have I never heard this before? Because he's been talking about it since 2015. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Because I was going to say, I was like, is he falling in the trend? Because, like, it seems like every big author from that time is, like, writing a follow-up to their original success series. Yeah, no, apparently he's been talking about it for a while. Okay, yeah, so... did you did you see his quote about what the book is going to be about? It's the What he said is, Everyone in Allegasia has overlooked something really, really important with regard to the new piece they hope to establish. Uh, yeah, I and did it's see like, that. That's ominous. Yeah, what does that mean? Also, because we haven't read book four. It's like, what piece? It, yeah. <laughs> it's exciting. Aragorn becomes king, right? Like, that's what happens, right? <laughs> he doesn't. Oh. Does Murtaugh? No. If I remember correctly, and I am maybe 60% sure, I feel like Roran becomes king. What? I might be wrong. 
It's That's definitely so not Aragorn or Murtag. <laughs> I feel like within three books, there's a reason why it's Rorin. There must be. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Rorin becomes, he becomes a POV character later in the series. This yeah. is like Bran ending up on the Iron Throne, where if he said it in <laughs> yeah. the beginning, it wouldn't make any sense. But then at the end, it still doesn't make any sense, but okay. Yeah. Oh, Should and I spoil I feel some like more things for you, I just want to say the one spoiler <laughs> that I think Sam needs to know is that yeah. Brahm is actually Aragorn's oh, yeah. dad. <laughs> yeah. What? <laughs> <laughs> no! <laughs> yeah. Are you kidding Brahm me? Is- <laughs> The other half of that is that Selena is Murtag's mom. Yeah. <laughs> which you sort of know already. Yeah, I knew that. <laughs> so they are they're actually half... brothers. They are actual literal brothers. They're not, wait, not even half brothers? Brahm is oh, Murtag's brother I guess they're, no, they're half brothers. Half brothers. Okay, yeah. half They're half brothers. brothers, yeah. What? Murtag becomes a dragon rider, and so does oh, Arya. Oh, well, he's a dragon rider. He's like an infinite. <laughs> I know, but I always old. pictured him as like a Gandalf-like character. He is. I mean, I, <laughs> I get it on, sure, bud. <laughs> I think he, I thought he was like late forties. Oh no, I was envisioning age. like Gandalf. <laughs> oh okay. Well, it does say that he has like a long beard, but like one of my friends is like twenty-seven and he has. A I long was gonna beard, say so nothing. You can have a long beard. Yeah. Again, I have Tolkien in my brain, so I was just like Gandalf. He's. Oh my god, what? <laughs> when does he find out? He finds out, or I think Murtag, so, okay, we're just gonna go for it. Murtag <laughs> goes missing and basically gets, like, kidnapped back to Galbatorix. Okay. And then he becomes, like, one of the eggs hatches for him and Murtag and the egg are both, like, tortured into being Galbatorix's servant. So he yeah. goes out and tries to hurt Aragon. Okay. With the information that Aragon is also like Aragon is his brother, and they are both the sons of Morzan. Oh. And that's in book two, and then I think near the end of book two, maybe or in book three, he finds out that it was actually Brom all along. <laughs> wow, Damn. it's like a whole thing. Murta gets like hardcore sad boy later on. This is why Hannah likes him so much. Yeah. <laughs> All right, I'll stop freaking out now, but damn. I, know, I I was shocked also. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I was also like 13, but I was shocked. <laughs> oh my God. Actual yeah. dad. Actual dad. All those times we joked about Aragon's dads dying all the time, actually true. <laughs> actually Jesus. true, yeah. Actually true. It was actually for real. Oh yeah. my God. <laughs> The twins are actually evil. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, Arya yeah. Falls in love with Aragon, probably. I think, yeah. Inevitable. I know they have, like, they have, like, a really brat relationship that's super annoying, or at least it is when you're 13. Mm-hmm. Yeah, fair. <laughs> at least it is when you're Hannah. <laughs> it is when you're me. <laughs> Aragon gets, like, more and more, like, Harry Potter and Order of the Phoenix angsty. Great. Yeah, fair. That's fair. I mean, if I was the hero of the realm, I would also be depressed. (laughs) Yeah, it would be such a sh**. There's, on this website, it has, like, confirmed story elements in future books, which, like, I don't know how confirmed it is, but one of the subheadings is vampires. (laughs) (laughs) And all it says is, uh, 
When asked about the existence of vampires in Allegasia, the author said yes, dot, 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 and no. That's a subject for a future story. Shades. What? Oh, it's a shade. It's, it's the shade. shade. It's the shade. You can't yeah. tell me that the shade isn't a vampire. The shade is absolutely is a vampire. A vampire. A vampire. <laughs> He's <laughs> a twilight vampire, and no one yep. can convince me otherwise. No. Nope. Yep. I refuse to be convinced. But in addition to all of these books that are apparently coming eventually, there's an Aragon Disney Plus TV show. Yeah. It's like, is confirmed, but still in like such early production that like it hasn't been casted. It hasn't like started shooting or anything. They're just, we think at this point, working on writing the show. But Christopher Pellini is actually like a co-writer and a producer. So that's promising. This is so great. Between this and like, Percy Jackson I'm like please like why have they not been including the authors (laughs) right previously like it doesn't make any sense it doesn't make any sense yeah it's like they did the same with like House of the Dragon and Game of Thrones like House of the Dragon George R.R. Martin is like actually involved in it and you can tell I just think that more media today especially when you're making something of like an already existing IP Mm-hmm. Like, it needs to not be made by people who just want to, like, make a name for themselves. Yep. Yeah. It needs to be made by people who care about the story and yep. the yep. thing they're making. And that's just my opinion. <laughs> I think that yes, they're, they are finally learning, though. Like, I feel uh, like they're finally catching on. Because it seems like there is there's more good book adaptations happening in media now. Yeah, mm-hmm. I feel like after they killed the Star Wars trilogy, <laughs> oh my, yeah, <laughs> that um, they're like, oh dang, we've messed up. <laughs> yeah, really done fucked up. I feel like that's one of many influences that like the Game of Thrones show had on pop culture, right? As people saw how big a TV show based on a book could be. Yeah. yeah. Because it's not like it's the first one, but it's the first one, I think, that blew up the way it did. Yeah. I think and so, then yeah. Also, how quickly it disappeared. Yeah. yeah. And they did a I bad mean, that's job a whole with other it. discussion, like, but yeah. People stopped talking about it within, like, a week. Oh, yeah. yeah. No one talks about it anymore. Even, like, before House of the Dragon, it was like, no one was talking about it. Everyone thought the show was going to be a flop. And then it came yeah. out, and it was like... Every person was like, oh, okay, this is what we liked. Like, this is what we wanted from Game of Thrones. But, like, between the finale and, I think, like, even, like, the last few months, Game of Thrones, like, just disappeared. A case study on how not to f*** up things. Yeah, we're getting off topic. Um, Anyway, it's great that Christopher Paolini is on the writing team. Yes. Yargon, the TV show. I'm genuinely very excited. Yeah, I'm gonna watch it, I think. Yeah. I'm, I'm gonna watch Percy will. Jackson. I'm gonna watch Aragon. Oh man! And hopefully they're both good. It's gonna be great. Sort of related to the TV show. Sorry, can you guys hear that? Sam was getting haunted, so we had to stop recording <laughs> for a few minutes, and I have no idea what we were talking about. It was genuinely uh, so spooky, and I've lost my train of thought. It's yeah, starting again. Ah! <laughs> Sam, listen. We think your neighbors are just hammering something into the wall, yes? It sounds like a serial killer is about to, like, burst through Sam's window, but I don't think that's what happens in real life. Yeah, which would also be wild because it's three floors up. And very far up. 
Anyway, let's finish this episode before Sam gets murdered. <sighs> because then I'm going to be murdered next, and then there's only oh, Hannah God. left. <laughs> I forget what we were talking about, but what I wanted to talk about so briefly is how alive the Aragon fans are. Yeah. <laughs> on the oh, internet. Yeah. The fandom is so active. The fandom is so active, and... I talked about on a episode a while ago going on the subreddit and being like, oh my God, everyone's talking all the time on here. And so I went back on again to be like, is this still delightful? And it is still delightful. If you're wondering. Um, someone made a Brazinger pumpkin like two Aww. days ago. God. Cool. Uh, people are asking how Aragon, how did Aragon stop a spell after starting to cast it four days ago about Aragon book one. Um, wow. <laughs> People have made a very long thread about wondering what Brahm said to Aragon before he died because Christopher Paolini never addresses it. There's just a really long thread from like six days ago. (laughs) I'm genuinely so happy to hear that. Yeah. We need to be on Reddit so we can tell people about the podcast. (laughs) Hey guys, don't listen to it actually. (laughs) You might not like our opinions. Yeah. (laughs) Mine specifically. <laughs> yeah, just don't listen when Sam talks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then a question from a day ago that Hannah will like, which is, Ooh. do you guys think it would be common for the dragons of riders that fell in love to start having feelings for each other too due to yes. the mental bond shared between them and their riders? Oh my god. Yes. Okay, S- spoiler alert. Uh-oh. Aragon... Aragon's dragon and Arya's dragon have babies. Yeah! (laughs) I really thought you were going to say Murtag's dragon. (laughs) Oh my god, that would be so great. The romance we all really wanted. (sighs) Well, they did, as they did say in this book, Saphira is the only female dragon left. There were two other unhatched eggs and also Shruikin. And as you find out in one of the later books, there's also Glader, who is the dragon of the Morning Sage. Oh, okay. But they're all uh, male. So really, the responsible thing for Saphira to do would be to have eggs with all three of yeah. the remaining non-corrupted yeah, get it, males. Girl. <laughs> <laughs> it's for the survival of the species. For the survival of the species. Anyway, yes, I think that's an interesting idea, and you're correct. I do like it. <laughs> yeah, I just think it's delightful. Like, all of those were from within the past two days. Like, there's so much happening yeah, on that so subreddit. Awesome. Like, half the reason, I'm sure, that three-quarters of the reason, probably, that there is a TV show is because the fans were just, like, screaming for the past ten years, being like, please. (laughs) There have been, like, coordinated social media campaigns. Yeah. With, like, the hashtag Aragon remake on Twitter that was, like, trending for a little while there in the summer, or in the spring, maybe, of this year. Like, they they put the effort in, for sure. Did it, it it got, like revamp too because once they announced percy jackson weren't it wasn't everyone like oh aragon next yeah 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 i saw a lot of that listen if we're (laughs) if we're nominating fantasy series that tell tour quest yeah we know (laughs) well yes there was actually a del tour quest anime but i heard it wasn't very good yeah but no the other one you know is uh temeraire would be so good (laughs) surely naomi novik is like becoming popular enough Naomi Novik is like a big name. Yeah. In fantasy writing. Yeah, sorry, I was just thinking about an uprooted or a spinning silver movie and I was like, Ooh. I don't know that they would be good movies. <laughs> oh no. What movie 
did I feel like I saw something recently that they were like, oh, they're making a movie of this. And I was like, that's actually like, it's not a bad book, but it's going to be a bad movie. Oh, oh I can't wow. remember what it was. Although I did also see, I did also see people saying that about the love hypothesis, <laughs> which apparently oh, is going one, to be a movie. That one is so silly. <laughs> yeah, that's, I don't know how I feel about that. I, I actually yeah. don't want it to be a movie. Like, no, I don't I feel like at all when you get into both of the characters' heads, yeah, or like yeah. when you can read the words yes. that explicitly describe how yeah. they are acting or reacting or yes. whatever. I feel like it's a lot less weird <laughs> for concepts yeah. like a professor dating a PhD Ugh. student, yep, in the same school and. Program. program anyway yeah <laughs> i mean it happens all the time uh, <laughs> i think i just have a hard time with this because all of the professors in my program are 50 <laughs> or older do not want i think i saw people talking about wanting the house in the cerulean sea as a movie i don't know if that would be good i feel like it would have to be animated but like so much of it is like what goes on in the words i feel like if it did you know that kind of like like whimsical realism you know okay okay but imagine like like ghibli-esque house in the cerulean sea i'm also like team animation for a lot of things (laughs) yeah i so surprisingly hannah and i also like animation (laughs) as well as middle grade books you're making me really feel like the outcast here (laughs) i don't know how it happened (laughs) okay we'll talk about ice planet by barbarians in a second oh yeah and why will we talk about that because let's talk about what else we're reading (laughs) because we're done aragon now we're done we're done now and we're not going to talk about it anymore just like we never talked about twilight again after we finished reading twilight Okay, but actually, before we move on... Oh, right, wait. (laughs) (laughs) We are going to talk about Aragon one more time in two weeks on November 11th. Make sure you come back for our Summary of Dragon Biology episode. Hell yeah. If you were around for Twilight, we did our, like, The Twilight Vampire Explained episode, and it was great. So we're going to do that. It was a good one. I will just say the date is actually November 22nd. Is that not what I said? That's what I meant to say. You said November. You said 11th. November eleventh. That is Oops. a Friday. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I had twenty second in my head and did not say you it out did loud. The other Thank you for That's okay. Me. I just want to make that clear for everyone. <laughs> I did everything for the Twilight one, so I don't really remember what happened in the Twilight episode. <laughs> I just sort of blanked out and then came back at the end. Um, but this time we're splitting it up, so it's going to be fun. Yeah. Oh, and then after that, maybe not immediately, I can't remember if it's immediately or not, but after that, we're okay. also going to have another Christmas special this year, so look well. forward to that. Should we give them a hint no. about what we're going to be reading next, see if anybody can guess? Okay, the hint is that Sophie loved this book. <laughs> but that's not a good hint. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Sophie likes birds. There you go. Okay, that's a good hint. That's a really good hint. <laughs> If you can guess what book we're reading based on the clue that Sophie liked it and Sophie also likes birds, please let us know on Twitter. I'll send you a sticker or something if you get it right. Unless one of my real life friends that I saw last weekend listens to this episode, you're not allowed (laughs) to guess. (laughs) 
Okay, so it's like uh, car company sweepstakes where you cannot be an employee or family member. (laughs) (laughs) You cannot be a real life friend that I may or may not have revealed the next book to. Yeah, I I told my boss which book we're reading next. And she said, oh, I haven't read that. And I was like, that's fine. My friends, especially the one who knew me in middle school, said, of course you are. (laughs) So that's the clue. So if you hunt down somebody who knows us in real life and they tell you <laughs> what book we're reading next. Yeah. If you hunt down somebody who knew me in 2005 or whatever, <laughs> they'll know which book this is. Oh, man. Anyway, let's talk about what else we're reading. Yeah. So what I've read recently are two very lighthearted and whimsical books Ooh. in a series uh, called the Regency Fairy Tales, and it is historical fiction, but there's fairies in it, and it's just they're so wholesome <laughs> and cute, and I love them. It was wow. just the books were made for me specifically. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like wow, we're gonna go on a very whimsical journey, and then at the end, it turns out they were in love. Wow, the end. Wow. Also, there's fairy tales. Ah, amazing. Wow. So it's like a historical fiction love story with a fairy tale aspect. Yeah. They did nice. write that just for you specifically. They wrote it. Huh? It just said the book. I didn't even say the title of the books, but um, it was just called <laughs> Half a Soul, colon, for Sophie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, it's great. There's a third book that I haven't read yet, but I'm sure it'll also be great. And then, as we've alluded to... <laughs> I did a hard pivot and read <laughs> uh, the first three now books. Oh my god! The Ice Planet Barbarian series. You read you the first one two me. days ago. It took okay. These books. Sh- so I short. read the first one in under an hour and a half. Oh my god! They're so they short. So fast. Okay, and I stand by that they uh-huh. are extremely horny books. Oh my god! But they are also very campy and fun. Yeah. Yeah, the and plot. you're reading them for the plot? I'm reading them for the plot. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, I don't know that I will read more of them, but <laughs> I don't know. I just, like, every line of the book is just so silly. And, <laughs> like, the person who wrote them, Ruby Dixon, I think is her yeah. pen name, yeah. is, like, clearly she's just having like the best time writing these books yeah like there's she's like yeah whatever and then this happens oh and this happens because it explains like this sure whatever um, also there's parasites yeah no. <laughs> this is why i wanted you to read them it's amazing yeah there's like actual thought out why you have to get a parasite to live on this alien planet and then yeah. also the parasites are part of the horny plot but <laughs> But she actually puts so much thought into, like, the science around it, too, which is hilarious. (laughs) I know. It's so good. Well, because I think I was reading her author book. This is a long time to talk about these (laughs) books. This has been going on for a while. (laughs) so long, but I feel very strongly that they're very fun (laughs) and that nobody should read them because then they'll know what I have read. Um, But... (laughs) uh, What was I saying? Oh, yeah. No, I read her author biography. I think she's, like, a well-respected professional like article writer oh really? like, that makes sense I think, I think she writes for like the new york times oh my goodness <laughs> or something like that so um yeah anyway 
it's a good time. <laughs> Very fun. Would recommend. Don't ever tell me if you read them is my final say on the word. <laughs> final word on the subject is what I meant to say. Anyway, someone else talk now. I talked for a really long time. No, it's great. I'm so happy you finally read them. <laughs> I have read four books since we last finished. I read The No-Show by Beth O'Leary, which if you, like me, like romance, but trauma, uh, it's for you. <laughs> then I read Mexican Gothic by Silvia Moreno-Garcia. And if you like horrible imagery, but really creative horror, that's for you. Then I read Lachlan's, which is the final book in the Whoa. Founders trilogy. Dang. That was sad. Then we... Yeah. <laughs> Then we read Royal Holiday by Jasmine Gulroy, which is like the fourth book in her rom-com series. And it was just kind of average. And now I'm reading Haro the Ninth, uh, which is the yeah. sequel to Gideon the Ninth. And I also started Nettle and Bone by T. Kingfisher. And that's that's my wrap up. Wow. It's a I, lot. I need I you to tell me if the T. Kingfisher book is too scary for me. I will. Right now, it started off, I've only gotten, like, to, like, 15%, and it's, like, kind of creepy, but I will keep you posted. Okay, I can handle kind of creepy. Yeah. I have been doing some hardcore catching up on the Midlight Book Club uh, since our last recording, mm. so I have finally read Throne of Glass and Gideon the Ninth. Yes! Yeah! Both of which I enjoyed. She liked Throne of Glass, guys! Yeah! <laughs> Shut up. It makes me so happy. <laughs> I was like, damn it, this is actually kind of fun. Yes! <laughs> this, is, this is exactly what happens. Is you go, damn it, this is kind of fun, and then you're nine books later. Yeah. And then suddenly Ice Planet Barbarians. And then Ice uh, Planet Barbarians. <laughs> well, and the Ice Planet Barbarians gateway. Yeah. Uh, it's Sarah J. Mass. <laughs> Not no. necessarily wrong. <laughs> nope. I did read a couple, or did read slash am reading a couple of romance novels. One of them was by Tessa Bailey, and it was quite good, but wildly horny. And then the one I'm currently reading is called Drive by Tamara Lush, and it is not very good, but it's about a race car driver and one of his pit crew who's like... (laughs) So so I had to get it. (laughs) That's so good! Amazing. And I'm also reading Eldest by Christopher Paolini. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, that sounds right. <laughs> okay. In the first chapter of that book, <laughs> Ajahad f***ing dies and Murta gets kidnapped by Urgles. And Aragon Whoa! is like, what? Aragon doesn't give a shit that Murta got kidnapped, but he does care that Ajahad died. <laughs> it was literally the first chapter. <laughs> that literally checks with how like Aragon was so nonchalant oh, about Murta for that whole time God. intro time. Oh my god. They're Why? like, wow, the battle's <laughs> over. And then they're like, oh, look, there's Ajahad, Murtag, and the twins. Holy shit, there's a bunch of Urgles behind them. And by the time they get there, <laughs> Ajahad is dying and Murtag and the twins have disappeared. What the f***? <laughs> I'm like four chapters into it. And I, I can't... It, doing this podcast has ruined it because everything I read, I'm like, I gotta talk about this. <laughs> I gotta. <laughs> wow, oh so much stuff happens. <laughs> So much stuff happens. They've like elected a new leader of the Varden and like Aragon wow. has sworn fealty and like caused problems. Oh, it's like a whole thing. Damn. <sighs> Roran has had a POV chapter. Amazing. It's crazy stuff. The Razak are coming to Carvajal. 
Are you keeping track of every time Aragon wakes up and goes to sleep? He did do that twice already. (laughs) 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 Oh my god, I forgot to talk about that. Oh yeah! You can talk talk about it now. (laughs) Guys, I I counted and I did the stats and it's about half of the chapters that Aragon wakes up and or falls asleep. That is so low. I thought it was more. I thought thought it was all of them. (laughs) I had like some difficulty because some of them were like, oh, like they stopped for the evening and he didn't like explicitly fall asleep. But some of those I counted and some I didn't. But basically it's like half. It's like half. Damn. (laughs) It's so many. And most of the ones where he didn't were at the beginning. (laughs) (laughs) Amazing. What a stupid book. I love it so much. (laughs) Great. All right, let's end uh, this podcast. <laughs> yeah. Also, this episode comes out in November, not on November eleventh. <laughs> <laughs> in November, we're going to be reading *Piranesi* by Susanna Clark for the Midlight Book Club, which I'm pretty excited about. So, yeah. hopefully, by the time you hear this, I'll have started that book at least. I've heard it's really good, but I have literally no idea what it's about. Me neither. Me. There's a guy dancing. With a pipe on the front. Yeah, he's that's like all I know. Skater-y. Yeah, this outro is a mess. If you liked this <laughs> chapter of Midlight Crisis, consider rating and reviewing us on Spotify or your podcatcher of choice, and be sure to come back for our upcoming special episodes before we dive into our next novel. You can talk to us and find fun-related content on social media. We are at Midlight Pod on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok, and all chapters of the show thus far are available on our website, midlightpod.podbean.com, <laughs> and on YouTube. Nailed it. And Aragon at the end of the book, really encapsulating how it feels to be an adult. He prayed for someone to lift him out of the nightmare, but there was no one to guide him. Oh, damn. I need an adult. I need an adulthood. adult to your adult. <laughs> yeah. I need a more an adult an adult and I'm 30. <laughs> <laughs>